Hello everyone, this is Sarisha and I host the Women, Career and Life podcast. Just like you, I've traversed varied paths, stumbled a little, picked myself up and learned a great deal on my journey. Many of us face similar questions, but we don't always get to have a conversation with our friends or peers. In this podcast, you will hear real stories that you can connect with on the challenges of navigating career and life. You must be wondering who I am. In my everyday life, I'm a career woman, a mom, and an avid reader. I'm also a road tripper, amateur gardener, and even a fashionista on some days. Join me and my guests as we have an open and honest discussion on career change, trade-offs, and working across boundaries. You get the idea. It's a perspective you simply may not hear anywhere else. Welcome to today's episode. Today I have with me Bina Shah. She's a strong, independent woman single who's been working for many years and we are going to talk about her financial journey, how she got started, what she's doing and how she's getting ready for the next stages of life. So Bina, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Shesha. Can you share a little bit about your journey, how you got where you are and what you do today? I'm a single independent woman working in the IT department. Before that, I, we moved from India in 1979 with my parents. I've done my high school and college in DFW Metroplex. I work in the healthcare industry and been independent since I've been 16 and working since then. That's amazing. Since you worked in 16, do you remember what your first job was? My mom took me to as a summer intern at uh, this bus company, it's called Travis, no longer exist. And I worked as a data entry clerk. And then I actually stayed on and went from summer intern to full-time job, working to pay my, myself to college and expenses. And so I full-time work from two to 10 in the evening and I would go to college in the morning. And I enjoyed working there and they paid for my college and giving my independence that I have. What did you do with your first paycheck? Actually, my first paycheck, my dad actually opened a bank account for me. I, I thought it was just a summer intern. It's like, why do I need bank account? Nope, your money, you're going to learn to manage. And that's how I, I was very excited, actually, <laughs> going to the bank and opening my first account at 16. That is awesome. Did you have financial conversations before that with your parents? Or what did your dad teach you once you opened your first bank account? So my parents both have seen, um, they were at one time, you know, very rich too poor because of the business that their parents had went bankrupt. So they've seen hard life. So since then, they always value. Almost I used to say frugal, but I would say it is very smart now that I see it back, that they always value money. And they always taught me, it's like, don't live within the means. You never know what's going to happen to you next. Since I was like 15 or even younger, always balance and tally how much money he makes and how much goes savings or anything like that. So I've had early education of you know managing money. So as you got your first paycheck and you were working, what did you do with your money? <laughs> I knew I had to go to university. And I think somewhere along the first year, he got laid off. Uh, the company that he worked for, and that was our first, what we're going to do, financial challenges. So I, that's when I actually decided to work full-time, but I knew I wanted to go to the university. The reason we moved from India is to get a better life and better education. So I was very determined that I have to pay myself through going to you know, four years, university, which is UT Arlington. So I really was very good with money. Since 16, I think I didn't take any money from my parents. I paid for my first car, my college fees, my pocket expense. So that's where my financial challenges started. So I got to make money for myself. I help out when I can. He got a job within a few months, but it was a 
broad awakening for the families that go, uh, what are we going to do with that money? It's pretty amazing that not only did you get your first job, you paid for your first call co- for your whole college education. There are not very many instances that you hear of someone having to manage all of those pieces. So how did you go get your first car? Did you take a loan? I was working in the second shift, like two to 10 in downtown. So my parents, they just went and bought the cars. Like, hey, here's your first car. Here's your booklet to pay every month and make sure you pay it. And then for six months, they wouldn't let me drive it. So my dad would drop me, come back, but I would drive. And until he got very confident that I can do it on my own driving in downtown. As far as the spending money, I did spend. I did like fashion. So I would buy clothes and things I like, but I like the independence of my money. I can buy whatever I want. So that was a good feeling at early age. And did you make your car payments on time? I did very much. I have a very good credit. Not only car payment, but on work. Here in the United States, it's funny. It's like you have to get a loan and pay your loan on time to get a credit. I learned that early on. I was like, that's weird. So that's something you know, I would advise people. That's not a bad thing to get a loan and pay off on time. Uh, make some installment and that's where your credit rating goes up. True, credit history you need for making, buying a loan for a house or for a car or for any big purchases. So starting that history building early on and counterintuitive to your point, you have to borrow money and pay it on time to build a credit history almost. Otherwise, you're invisible to all the systems for them to lend you any money in the future. You were going to college full time. And what were the next steps you took? Out of college, uh, first year was struggle. We need experience to find a job. So I did odd jobs to selling computer to a phone support. I struggled until I landed my first job at EDS in 1987. Like, wow, it's not a part-time money. So it was a very good feeling to get that professional job. We were on call. So I had to move and get my own place. So that was another learning. Move out, make sure you at least have three to more four months of savings before you start, you know, spending money. Because I was like, I can't wait to travel. I've always worked. I want to do something with money, spend money. But that was a good advice from family and friends that make sure you have three to four months you can survive without a job, save for the rainy days. Three, four years or maybe longer, I didn't save much other than three, four months of saving. That's okay. I'm going to enjoy life. Uh, so I traveled the world, created a lot of interest in outdoor activities, skiing, rollerblading, and all that. My first couple of years, it was scary, but then it went on. I got adapted to different situations and different lifestyles. So. so enjoying and having fun, which is what we all want to do when we first get our jobs. What are the next steps you took? Did you start to invest? That took a little longer. I did 401 because they used to match. So some people said you got to do at least minimum to 401. So I started 401, but not like investing everything. So I started for one and, you know, I would advise, you know, I take advice from friends and people that I trusted. They'll say, okay, invest in this stock or this stock. So first blindly, I did that. So that was first journey, maybe second, third year into my career. I had money always set in a checking account. So I made a friend. She had a financial advisor who's a friend's brother. So he came to visit her. That's when my first intro to investing. And the the person who worked at the financial advisor I said, okay, it's trustworthy and all that. So that went on and he told me, give me 10,000. I'll see what I can do for you. So that's how I started. But that was like seven years into my career. So that's how I got into my first financial journey. And he would guide us here, how you invest here or there. He would consult, I would read about it. So that's how my journey started. 
I wish I'd started earlier, but hey, you're never too late to start anything, anytime. And that 10,000 is actually, at this point is half a million, just to give you an idea that you can learn and keep investing, keep learning about it. What is really fantastic is two things you mentioned. You feel like you might have got it at little late start seven years later, but you hit the nail on the head talking about compounding and investing at 10,000. Now you're saying is half a million. Gosh, what, 30, 40 years later. And that is eye-opening for anybody. Investing can be intimidating. We don't think of ourselves as investors. Though you were doing 401k, it was investing. It's just a mindset that we don't think of it like that. And we can tend to keep the money in a bank account and not take action on it. But having a financial advisor who is a fiduciary who you can trust and feel comfortable with, sometimes that may be the way to go. Sometimes you can choose to do it yourself. And I like that you were learning as you gave him the money, but you were invested in the journey yourself. You just didn't give it to somebody and let them manage it themselves. But you were learning along the way independently and also with your financial advisor. So I think that's something for everyone to remember and take away that there are so many ways to tackle this, address this when you're doing it. Just the length of time that you take to do this investment, just learning the process and having your hand in it, I think will make us all feel comfortable as time goes by. Other things he made a point because a lot of people of my friends would sell, buy, sell, buy. And he says, don't look at financial. You're going to have down and up. Look at it as a long term. So he used to always say, since you started, what your portfolio looks like versus one year or six months. So look at big picture. Conservatively, you know, invest. So I've learned that long-term plans instead of short-term. Don't look at it like one year. Or I've not removed any money from any of my investment over like the last 30 years, even though there was need at times, right? When I bought my house, I thought, oh, I can just take it out from my 401 or take it out from here and I can do it. I did not do any such things. Manage from what you got and then leave the savings for long term. So you managed your financial journey. You look at your short-term needs, be it buying your house or car or whatever purchases between managing with what you have and any loans and within your financial big pit. You said you left your long-term investments to do their work independently without touching them. This is the active part of you is investing money and man looking at it, but passively you're letting the system do its own thing and keeping an eye on it. I have two financial advisors from two different portfolios and I meet with them on a regular basis. When I was 50, I met with first one at least to do my long-term like retirement planning. What does it take? What other insurance? Looking at everything. So I met with them, like both financial advisors and have a little journey. So I'm 57 now. So I have it set. When can I retire? Do I want to retire? So having that back in the mind, it helps. So you have two financial advisors helping manage your portfolio so that they're managing part of your portfolio, but they're also getting you ready for the future. So what advice would you have for someone who's thinking of a financial advisor so in the middle stages or later stages? In Think of having financial advisor. If you're not good at managing your own, I try. Too much information, too much volatility with the stock market or the bonds and all those things. So I have it as a backup. I have a couple of things I manage my own, but I think I like what they've done it, at least one of the investment company. If you're not good at it, uh, doing your own, I would say having a financial advisor. Yeah, they do take some commission, but the return for investment pays for itself. So from that perspective, because that's, oh, they take money, don't talk to them. But if someone you trust or someone that someone has, that's how I went with both of the financial advisor. 
that someone used them, they liked it, they have a good reference, so I went with them. So I think I would advise to definitely try that route if it's possible. I, I like that because it's a journey that I've been on myself where I've managed some of it myself and then eventually decided to go the path of the financial advisor because it's not that I could manage it. It's not a question of ability. It's a question of just time and what you can do and how often do you want to do it. You have to be consistent if you're managing it, even though it is passive. When you're talking about financial investments, but it's really not just investing, right? They're helping you look at, do you have all the other pieces of the picture together when you're looking at retirement or you want to make a big purchase or you have some other goals in life, be it travel, be it a side hustle, whatever your goals. You've touched on this a little bit. What have you learned since then? What mistakes have you made that you would suggest someone to to do something differently than what you might have done? When I moved, it was 1989. Those land and the properties were like dirt cheap. I don't want to manage the houses or properties too much headache, but I could have just bought a pure land and then turn around and sold it later. And I could have made like three times as much. So that's the only things that you can always start. I could have had a little more risk taker, but no complaints, no regrets. That's the only thing advice. But anybody is out there, it's never too late. Just start at any given time to invest. I, I like the fact that it's never too late. So do you talk to your friends uh, about money? The reason I ask is it's something that not all of us are comfortable with. What do you learn from them? My approach on money is different. With my close friends, I advise. And I get advice from people that I know. If I know someone's doing well with business or finance, I straight up say, hey, I want to meet with. So I have a couple of good friends that I talk. They know how much money I have and where it is. So they sometimes guide me. I had one friend just hand to mouth spending. And I was like, hey, do you have 401? Had no idea what it is, how it is. And so, okay. So now she's like, hey, last month's like, oh, I'm, I'm quitting my 401. It's doing well. So I do, you know, advise people on that. That's good. Helping your friend on her first few financial steps. Sounds like you built confidence and joy in her. Now she feels not only vested, but also more independent and more confident. So she can take the next steps as she goes. Data shows that women tend to be less risk averse, which is good actually for the long term. But just taking those first steps on managing their money, just someone helping them along and saying, these are the first things to do. And once you start down walking that path, you will take off at a run. And life is unpredictable. You should always rely on yourself. There's twofold, mentally independent and financially. It goes hand to hand. So you never know what happens. So you should always have control of as much as you can in your power. Because end of day, there's bills. They don't go away. you got to pay. you got to survive. And now you have your parents living with you. How is that going? It's been challenging. A mother who has a stroke paralyzed and dad is, I think, legally blind. So I have a challenge with both of them physically and just getting adjusted. But because of their savings, they worked here all their life, pension and whatever loss savings they have, we're able to survive. I mean, I have a full-time caregiver. So we are able to, you know, afford the caregivers, which... When I think about people who cannot and won't, I don't know what they'll do. So I think saving for the rainy days, you never know when you're going to have rainy days. So it's helping. So we're doing good, actually, overall. I'm glad you have your parents with you and that you're getting to spend time with them. It must be quite hard, I'm sure, for them as, as well at times when they've been independent, just managing through the medical challenges, as you said, being able to have a caregiver. Being independently living, and then I have three people just moved in all of a sudden. So it's a challenge in itself, but uh, we're doing good. We're balancing. Of course, I have support from my siblings. So 
definitely it's uh, gratifying i thought i had you know being singles like what's the purpose of my life and then when i'm doing that i i keep telling people i think i was meant to do this it's definitely gives me immense gratification that doing the right thing i'm sure they are happy to be with you and spend time with you as well i recently visited my parents it's just nice to see them and be there for them when they need help as well so looking at this long term now you're seeing your parents journey in a few years you will probably think of taking the next steps towards retirement or whatever your next parts of your journey are what would you suggest for like long term care that people need to do as next steps there and when should they start thinking about it definitely in the 50s i think look into long term insurance there's a lot of insurance out there because i manage my money i'm financially independent i decided that i will just manage my own because i invest and i have pretty good savings so i can have to have full care in the house. if someone doesn't have that financial independence they look into long term because my sister did that so long term care where if you can't be in your house independently living then you have the ability of insurance helping you to get a long term plan in place so i'm switching topics you've okay. worked for 40 years you've worked in different companies some organic and some inorganic moves on your part so Let's talk about your financial journey through your work. Have you negotiated for a raise? What's been your learning experience there? Yeah, it's interesting. So when I started working, my dad was very content in what he gets. So he's always told, "Don't beg money, don't ask for it." So I have this mental thing that asking for a raise or asking for more money is like begging. You should be just grateful that you have a job and they're paying you. went on for half my career journey but i had a one really good manager and he told me said you're not getting paid what you're worth and it's okay to ask for what you're worth be confident and the worst it can happen is they'll say no but you got to advocate for yourself nobody else will do it i actually had a incident where i keep asking for money or said what do i do to get me this way or that way so i had a journey for 5 years in between and i got where i wanted i promoted myself i'll try new more technology challenging work so i did that i didn't do it earlier i would advise that it's okay to ask for what you worth knowing what you worth have a confident be hard working and be ethical and it will get you there the current job because i'm taking care of my parents work life balance is you know important i've been lucky as far as my career is concerned for people out there looking for a job or out in trying to make it somewhere have confident and able to you know like to what's can happen is they say no we can't give you this money or we cannot afford to give you this much money what i find really exciting is that your manager advocated to you and taught you what you should do as a next steps right it was very nice of him to mentor you through this process and you've taken that lesson to heart and you've learned to advocate for yourself and the advice that you gave is spot on be confident and make sure you get what you are worth it's not just negotiating for the sake of negotiating or asking for a raise but understanding what your worth is and working hard and all those transitions you're making it's your personal brand that you're carrying along if if you go in a new role and i think it's probably happened to you you've gone into different companies and this is your personal brand that's traveling with you setting you up for that journey i've learned that we have this thing called continuous improvement just keep improving yourself confident i'm always reskilling myself or rebranding myself all along the journey not someone's not going to hand it to me learn and i'm always open to people telling me something i'll take what i can it's not like i have to listen to everything they have to say you take everything you filter it and you take what you think it's going to need you know for you as far as advice is concerned be open to everything so that definitely help 
feedback can be hard to to take but definitely needs a filter because it is still a person's opinion and their perception so it actually helps to have different disparate feedback to tie all the see and where the common threads are then you can have a more holistic way of what the perception of the impact is and what you can do to change that and to upskill yourself this is a final question i ask everyone i interview what advice would you give your 21 year old self to set them up for this journey on finance and career and life in general it's be mentally and financially independent they'll take you long way and ethical and hard working i think it has its own rewards so i think with combination of that and along the way don't forget to enjoy life it's not oh it's all work and money even though this is a financial conversation i do enjoy life to the fullest i travel the world my family and friends do the things i like i spend it wisely i don't like designer shoes but i like sports cars so i spend it on that or any outdoor activities yeah so it's balance and what is the one word you would use to describe yourself someone gave me this one and it's called fiercely independent that probably captures you you started working at 16 you've been working for close to 40 years now you have managed to balance your finances but you've really had a blast traveling doing your things you said you're into cars and just enjoying life along and still putting all those pieces together now you're spending time with your parents as they need your help and you're able to spend time with them as well thank you bina this was great i really enjoyed chatting with you and i've learned a lot as well i didn't start working at 16 for sure i was well into my 20s when i started so it's a different perspective and you had a lot of good points to talk about just about investing about financial advisor and just balancing all the different pieces of our life as we go through it thank you sirisha was enjoy talking to you and talking about my journey financial journey and a life journey too as well i hope you enjoyed today's episode tune in every other wednesday to catch the next episode if you think a friend may benefit from this please share this podcast with them please like subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform all the resources we talked about are also available on my website womencareerandlife.com i would love to hear from you about your stories and your journey you can reach me on my blog twitter instagram or gmail at womencareerandlife until next time this is sirisha signing off Remember there are infinite possibilities to drive change in career and life which will you choose to make a reality today